up? This is Alia Einhorn. Welcome to the TalkHouse podcast. This is a bumper episode where we take a look back at 2017 and the amazing year that we had at TalkHouse. Listen, listen, listen. Have you ever heard of LCD Sound System? Ever heard of Jackie Chan? Ever heard of Edgar Wright, Priest, Darren Aronofsky, Chuck D? They were on the podcast. Tom Morello on the podcast. Frankie Cosmos, Kumail Nanjiani, David Cross, Stephen Malcolmus, Vagabond, Thurston Moore, Barry Jenkins. Barry Jenkins, Moonlight. Barry Jenkins was on the podcast. Tim Heidecker, The Flaming Lips, Seth Meyers, and so many, many more. We had a, a fantastic year. And to break it down, I'd like to introduce a bunch of the TalkHouse squad. Nick Dawson, editor-in-chief of film, welcome to the program. I am here. Listeners, remember, he's got the Scottish accent. Not really, technically not Scottish, but but maybe a little brogue in there, tiny bit. Amy Rose Spiegel, aka ARS1, editor-in-chief on the music side. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, my dude. Always good to have you, man. And listen, the one, the only, joining us for the very first time, finally, marketing manager, Keenan Cush. Thanks, Elian. Dude, glad to have you with us. He's the one without the Scottish accent, listeners, so you can tell them apart later. Guys, we had a hell of a year, and uh, and I just wanted to see if you could tell the listeners a little bit about it. Nick, would you mind talking about our collaboration with the flagship Sonos store in Manhattan? Absolutely. We had a great year. We got to Sonos, hanging out, getting cool people there from the music <laughs> side, the film side. We had Wayne Coyne from the Flaming Lips and the legendary hip-hop producer Prince Paul. Shouts. Shouts. Totally shouts. We had Gethard, who I love. Shouts. Todd Berry. We had a... Uh, Taron Killam and Cal Mooney, and we're going to hear from those guys in just a second, I think. I think so. So many cool people. Oh, Sam Beam from Iron and Wine, the man who is Iron and Wine with the lovely Michael Chernus. So many cool people. And of course, a couple of podcasts we did at Sonos were part of a, a new initiative that, that you can tell us a little bit about, Keenan. So yeah, we started a brand new initiative this year with Food Republic, which is a food culture website. We've been co-producing some podcasts over at Sonos, the first one being Andrew Carmelini and ASAP Ferg. And Keenan, you got to let me jump in here because the second one was, uh, I'm a Chicago man, as our loyal listeners know. The second one was a fantastic Chicago chef, Paul Kahn, in conversation with the one, the only Mark Eibold, he of Sonic Youth and Pavement. Of course. And yeah, we, we film these podcasts. They're on our YouTube channel. So go check those out there. And speaking of collaborations, we were also at uh, this year's Pitchfork Festival, which Amy Rose can talk more about. Sure. So for our third year at Pitchfork, Keenan, our co-producer, Mark Yoshizumi, and I had a trailer backstage where we were recording podcasts with acts from all over the bill. Elia was actually directing us from Skynet as his daughter was being <laughs> born, which was great. Best of 2017 for sure. I'm a multitasker. So we had some great conversations at Pitchfork, including... Ohm with Jamila Woods, Nehi, an amazing Chicago band that I love, with Spencer Tweedy, who's a great friend of the site. Shouts. And of course, we had priests with LCD Sound Systems, Tyler Pope. So a really good year for us there too. Those were great conversations and so awesome to be back at the festival, even if I could only see it via live stream. <laughs> Well, guys, I know we have some clips chosen from some of our favorite moments, from our favorite episodes, and also a couple exclusives, parts that didn't air in the original podcast. So let's jump in. I think we're going to start Nick Dawson. Is, is, is it my turn? Is it my it's turn? you. Okay, okay. okay. <laughs> Kick okay. us off, man. Okay, Kick okay, us okay. off. Okay. I'm ready. I'm ready. Born ready. Uh, yeah, no, we're going to start with uh, technically a, 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 a film slash TV slash comedy podcast uh, that we did at Sonus. Kyle Mooney and Taryn Killam. SNL. Uh, SNL. FTW. This is this is a little little comedy, a little funniness because I try to keep it light. 
2017 was a, a really fun year for everybody, oh, I know, yeah. but uh, <laughs> thank God for comedy. And there's a little, there's a little musical tinge to this one as well, so it's going to lead nicely, I'm sure, into some of the music clips we have. And here's Taron Killam kicking us off by asking Cal Mooney about his exercise regime. Is there any part of you... That, one. that wants to get in, like, dope shape, has ever, like, been like, what would it be like to get in, like, dope shape? Like, awesome shape. The, the way I see it is if, like, a roll. roll. Yeah. Yeah. And, and somebody pays but for no, but it. Like, and then, as, yeah. I don't know that I could... I would feel there's always weird. the Like, in, uh, being in comedy, you always kind of feel like it would be phony or it would be dishonest. In some way, you know, like it wouldn't be, I wouldn't be authentically me I'd, if I suddenly yeah. became, it, it, it would, it'd be a visual. I mean, it would be fun. I would like, at the same time, it would be fun. I would love to be able like to a do year 20 pull-ups easily. Just to be like totally jacked. Yeah. Like a summer, for a summer. Yeah. Like I, I would love, I would love to like enjoy my holidays because I always go crazy around the holiday. I just, right. I enjoy them and food is very important. And then like January 2nd, just go, it's on. And then, like, that first day of summer, just... <laughs> not into it? You don't, you're not following me there? No, that's hot. Okay, cool. <laughs> but what is that song? <laughs> it's from uh, Fast Times at Richmond High. Oh, uh, okay. It's the I thought Phoebe, it was, Kate's, um, Phoebe Kate's song. When, uh, uh, freestyle, Don't Stop the Rock. Don't know if you know that one, but it's like... Um, don't Stop the Rock. Can't stop the rock. You can't stop it's the actually, rock. You know, actually, it's do 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 do. Or is that push it, push it by push it, Yeah. Now I can't remember the melody. Don't. That was "Don't Stop the Rock" by the way. Oh, what am I doing? Axel Foley. No, you're doing. Yeah, that was, I think, one of the funniest ones we've had. And listeners, you can check out the full video of that as well on our YouTube channel. It's a gem. It is a gem. I mean, Nick, Carrot Top got swole and he'd never been more popular. He's at the pinnacle of his career. Right. <laughs> so I'm so unprepared to talk about Paratop right now. <laughs> so unprepared. So unwilling as well. We do have a nice connection to the next clip, though, which was it? totally unplanned. But that clip uh, referenced Phoebe Cates. Uh, and her kin is, uh, is somebody that you know all about, Amy Rose. Right. And that would be Greta from Frankie Cosmos, who we have here with her very good friend, Vagabond. So a whole lot of connections going on here. Although I will say it's going to be very hard to top what turned into a beautiful music clip from the podcast, (laughs) Nick. So thanks for that. Thank you. So these two we caught up with at Pitchfork Fest where because they're so close, they really go in deep on a lot of issues that affect indie musicians that maybe the rest of us wouldn't think about in as much detail as they do. And they really opened up about a lot here. So one of the things that I was most surprised by was how they spoke about setting boundaries for themselves. You know, they've got great fans, but when mm. I think when you're on the road, it can be a little bit hectic to meet so many people and want to be so good to people, but not sure how to also take care of yourself. And, and, and I think one thing, Amy Rosen, and I think we might've talked about this in the episode is these are very confessional songwriters. They're really opening their hearts to their fans. Their fans are connecting in such an intimate way. All of a sudden, the fans sort of wrapped up in their idea and and their feeling of closeness to these performers sometimes cross a physical boundary. 
Right. I think that can happen. So the two discuss how they contend with that while maintaining the kind of openness and mutual affection they have for their people. So should we take a listen to that? Let's do it. Instant I need people to tell me that like I'm like cool like <laughs> like so I'm just like forcing myself to do my I own merch all the time and then if I don't honesty. do it I'm like oh man like everyone thinks I'm a brat like I gotta go do merch yeah like, yeah it's See, a really that, bad that comes addiction with, like, a, whole, a whole other thing of like yeah. am I am I like a bitch if yeah. I decide to not to opt out of this thing yeah yeah or even just like am I am I a bitch if I like make a any kind of boundary between right. myself and like the person that's trying to grab me. Right, right. Then the answer is no. Yeah. Yeah. That's really, that's new for me too. Yeah. It's been like, oh, I don't need to like let you like hug me, no. strange person. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but but I don't, I don't like the idea of people thinking that they can't like talk to me, but oh, yeah. it's a weird like fine line. I don't know. I remember like 10 years ago seeing on like Kimya Dawson's live journal this thing about um wow, like pe- deep cut yeah <laughs> and I remember at the time like not really understanding it and then years later remembering it being like oh I get that now she like wrote this thing about uh like like you can't hug me like mm-hmm. like just because you like my music like you shouldn't yeah. get to hug me yeah and like I love you and like that's that's cool but like <laughs> whatever it was really right. like is really interesting. It's like, oh, that's weird. Like, why doesn't she want to hug every single person that wants to hug her? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now I'm like, oh, because like everyone wants to hug her. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's really interesting. It's nice. It's nice because I think the people that come to our shows maybe are super respectful of that. And also just like would probably ask and like be okay with the no. Yeah. Most people. Most people. Most but people. you'd be surprised. I, I'm i surprised every time I'm surprised I, by how many people I don't ask. You. Maybe I'm just giving them too much credit. Yeah. Even like at like, like, even at like a, like a really, you know, nice, you know, uh, political seeming, like mm-hmm. cool, like right. little college where everyone seems like they know what's up. Yeah. I'll get like women like, kissing yeah. me and I'm like, whoa, oh, what are you doing? Like, wow. How, how do you not know that this yeah. is wrong? <laughs> yeah. But I think the further away that you that you get from people, the more the less human they like see you. They're like, oh, you're a yeah. you're an object. I wonder. <laughs> yeah, that's so strange. Yeah. So those two talk a lot about life on the road in general, but I thought that that was really edifying to hear that from them. You know, as non-performers, I mean, I know I don't think about that. So that was really interesting to hear. Totally. So listeners. This is such such great advice for for everyone. Lead with the handshake, and and if they want a hug, go in for the hug. I gotta say, that was a very powerful clip. Also incredibly powerful. I have heard unreleased new Vagabond. I have heard unreleased new Frankie Cosmos. They are both fucking banging. I cannot wait to hear the final mixes and for the world to hear that. Twenty eighteen is going to be a hell of a year for both groups. Totally, and also for more Vagabond on Talk House. We received an email from Leticia the other day that she is back from tour and ready to write. So look for her on the site as well. So next up, we have a clip from Keenan, who's going to tell us about boundary pushing in a whole different way. Oh, a whole different way. This clip actually comes from Paul Major, uh, who you might know from Endless Bookie. And he's also this 
really interesting psych rock record collector. Now, he's not the typical record collector where he has an entire garage filled with, you know, endless thousands, hundreds of thousands of records. He, he's a very, from what I hear, a very generous record collector. He, he gives and he receives a lot of records with people he meets. And so Paul Major's in conversation with Stephen Malkmus. The legendary Stephen Malkmus. The OG king of the fucking indie world, Stephen Malkmus. Okay, unpopular opinion. I've always been more of a jicks girl than a pavement girl. Is, okay, that, is and, that okay uh, to say? Oh, Amy Rose is off we the don't podcast. have any more time for that, I'm afraid. <laughs> Amy Rose is off the podcast forever <laughs> and ever. And uh, back to Keenan. <laughs> so, so this conversation took place at a Bowery Ballroom. It was uh, in conjunction with this uh, release, Feel the Music, The Psychedelic Worlds of Paul Major. This is a nice compilation of these kind of rare hits uh, and even just kind of abstract experimental tracks that you would never see all together on a, on a release. And here they talk about, uh, Major talks about his, his early life and kind of how he used music as a world of uh, escapism and how to look at psychedelic music without the drugs, but still going on the trip. Let's hear the clip. Early on, all these psychedelic elements were coming into it and it's like music leaking from another dimension. You know, it, it was like, you know, the unprecedented things that was happening then. So it made me feel like a flying saucer to actually come down and, you know, they were you know, taking me away from uh, my isolated life in Louisville, you know, no more bullies chasing me and punching me and stuff like that. You know, now ooh, I got a world to escape into. At that point then, yeah, I used to mow lawns to get money and every money I would get Saturday, I'd go first to the chain stores because it was a, a good timing where when records came out a few months later and they bombed because they were the obscure groups that the major labels were putting out because the doors were famous or whatever. So let's get all the groups we can find that sound like that. It would come out. So, you know, my interest was, uh, even from day one, I went looking for records, not looking for a record I was looking for, but looking for records that... uh, I didn't know what they were, and I'd scrutinize the covers and look for clues. And this dovetails with uh, being a kid, you know, about the same time there was a famous uh, article in Life magazine about LSD. And there was a picture in there of this guy sitting in a corner, you know, and the caption was something like, this guy thinks he's an orange. And, and, and so I, I was thinking to myself, oh man, I want to be an orange too. And, and I... Um, yeah, I had no access to substances or anything for another four years, you know, when finally I met some, you know, high school freaks and, and stuff. So I had to get that experience, you know, from those records, you know, I'd be examining ultimate spinach or whatever, like, ooh, long track called Mind Flowers. This might be what tripping is like, you know, and <laughs> I'd have these fantasies. Uh, I'd listen to them and lay on my bed and I'd imagine I was down, shrunk down, to the size where I could walk in the grooves like they're big canyons, you know, and, and uh, I started just buying all the strange records. It was a great time, you know, I was out of the gate. I, I was getting Velvet Underground records and all the, and all the Detroit bands and stuff like, like this. And, uh, you know, it, it just popped in my head a minute ago talking to Steve that actually before I actually got my hands on acid or anything like that, I realized I did have a, a psychedelic experience with, with music where I dozed off on my bed 
as a kid, and I woke up in the middle of expecting to fly the Buffalo Springfield song. So I'm waking up, and you know how that song sounds ethereal and airy. So it's like, whoa, yeah, I'm in la-la land for sure. And Major talks about all these really interesting stories happening throughout the 70s, 80s uh, in the New York scene. And yeah, I mean, doesn't everyone just want to be an orange, Elia? <laughs> Dude. <laughs> One of my favorite parts of, of producing and hosting the Talk House podcast is introducing fantastic musicians who really enjoy each other's music to each other. And at that event, I introduced Steve Malcolmus to Andy Rourke of the Smiths. It was a, it was a great moment to see them uh, meet each other. A lot of respect for each other. And not the first time we've had Steve Macmus on the podcast. He actually talked with Emil Amos uh, earlier this year, and that podcast is up online as well. That ignited the uh, Twitter war. Oh, yeah, with, of course. Uh, well, well, a Twitter tirade from Nigel <laughs> Godrich, but... Uh, water under the bridge. Water under the bridge. Water, water under the bridge. The bridge. They, they have made up. Steve told me. And another fantastical clip involves this trio, which Nick can tell us more about. Yeah, so this is another one we did at Sonos. This is David... Cross, Gene Gray, and Fab Moretti from The Strokes. And, and sometimes, you know, when you get three really funny, awesome people in the room, something a little bit magical happens. The chemistry here is great. Thank you. And um, yeah, these guys just <laughs> crushed it. These guys crushed it. And this was a moment where something just slightly sublime happened. And I just feel like we should uh, explain that, that Gene Gray sort of missed her calling as a, as a phone sex operator. She was fired on her first day, as she related earlier in this episode. And so David Cross and Fab Moretti decided to show her just how amazing she would have been. And this is what happened. All right, ready? You ready to call? So All right, ready. Dude. All right, so dude, you look so hot this is right your now. Brother's, this is your brother's credit card, right? Yep. Work? Okay. my mom's. Sorry. Your mom's credit card? Yeah, shit. All right, well, I, they don't put it on as a sex line. It comes up as something else, like, cool. you know, international, you know, That's studies. That's fine. Right. I don't All right, give here a we shit. go. Oh, by the way, it does it, um, come up as a sex line. You're not on the phone. I just wanted to tell you that as a fact before we started. It's ringing. It's ringing. It didn't. That's too many numbers. Can oh, you dial it again? <laughs> yeah, you got it wrong, dude. Okay, let me just look at it. 1-800- 899-S-E-X-X. Okay, here we go. Hello? Oh, are you going to do it? You got it. Hey, baby. Hello? Hi, baby. Hi. Oh, hello. Hey, hi. How's it going? What's going on over there? What? What's going on with you, babe? Nothing. I'm just, you know, looking for a good time, and I'm not, I'm new to the area, and uh, um, what are what's what are you what are you about? What are you wearing? Um, I'm wearing whatever you want me to wear. What would you like me to wear? Um, um just to let you know, though, I, I do have on a, sh- a shirt with with a picture of a unicorn on it. Do you like that? Yes. Is that a child on the phone? Because I can't. No. I can't talk to children. I'm sorry, hun. Are, 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 no, there, t- are uh, there two no, of you there? Uh, right uh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That was. Uh, Hey, what's, that what's was my f- penis talking. Uh, I don't know. Oh, okay. So you've got a talking penis. I like that. Uh, what's what's your talking penis's name, baby? Uh, George Washington. Okay, George Washington. Ooh. That's still my penis talking. Uh, <laughs> all right. Yep. Uh, does does your penis have wooden teeth? He yeah, doesn't have yeah. to. Okay. Uh, for, only for you. Yeah, that, that turns me on. I, I love a wooden tooth penis. 
So, so baby, what would you like to talk about today? You and your, your wooden penis. Hi, Georgie. Uh, unicorns? Unicorns. <clears throat> unicorns, uh, like the kind that are on your sure. big old, big old t-shirt. Oh. Or not big. I mean, I don't mean the shirt. No, it's fine. It's actually an oversized shirt. <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of bloated this month, so... <laughs> Um, but thank you, thank you for noticing. Uh, do you want me to take the shirt off, or do you want me to leave it on? Uh, take take it half. Take half. Okay, of it it's off. off. Half of it's off right uh, now. All right. I just cut it off. Actually. So is that one one side off, penis, or just penis. up to up to the uh, to the boobs, or is it uh, is uh, one boob showing? Well, I I just cut it down the middle. I didn't. I wasn't thinking about it when I did it. It was all happening so fast. Is that turning you on? Yes. Yes. Me, my my me. wooden teeth are chattering. Oh, I like that chattering. What's what's what are they chattering about? Is it is it slavery? Because <laughs> uh, that makes me hot. Uh, that, hello. Hello. Yeah. Um. Sorry, I'm making myself a drink. Would you like anything? Would uh, you like a drink? Sure, I have I'd... whiskey and whiskey sours and whiskey uh, whiskey Manhattans. Oh, I'd I'd kind of like a tab. Do you have a tab? Uh, or, or a Mister Pib. Uh, we uh, have Mr. Let's get some Mr. Pib. Penis, go get a Mr. Pib out of the Ooh, mini fridge. I like I'm a penis it. that can bring me a Mr. Pib out of a cold fridge. You're making me so hot right now with this half shirt. Oh, 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 oh baby, yeah. Shoot, uh, dude, oh. that was all over my <laughs> shoes, man. I, oh, sorry, but they're your beach shoes. They'll clean out. Oh, take right. them to the beach. Okay, oh, well, uh, this is a great conversation. I didn't even, I didn't even get your name. In case you didn't get their names, that was, this gives them full credit, David Cross, Jean Grey, Fab Moretti from The Strokes. Fab is where it's at. That was recorded live at the Sonos store with video, and you can watch that video over on our TalkHouse YouTube channel. You can watch it over and over again. An episode that a lot of nerds listen to over and over again, Nick, was Sam Esmail, creator of... Mr. Robo. And Mark Frost, co-creator of... I forget some show. It's like a it's a it's a small show. What it's is like it? two mountains or something. Two mountains. Yeah. Twin, 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 twin peaks. Oh, named after the Chicago band. There we go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Nick, big love to you for putting this together. This is nerd heaven, and I mean when I say nerd, I mean my people, heaven. These are two guys who, in different generations, have completely changed what a television show can look like. And of course. Mark Frost and David Lynch came back just this past year. Thank God. To move TV to a whole different realm. Anyway, we're moving into it, into the realm of exclusive content. Unreleased people. Unreleased. This is stuff that that I kind of was like, I'm gonna hold this back for the best of episode. Mm. This is amazing. I like the way you think, sir. Yep. So this is Mark and Sam talking about indie movies in the 90s, TV now, and there's a little bit in there about Marvel that's pretty interesting. Let's do it. Film in the 90s was pretty invigorating. There was a lot yeah. going on that was exciting. So um, I think television, once the we sort of moved toward the, the end of the independent movie house picture. Which is sad. Really sad. Because it's, it's, it, it, it seems like um, it used to be when there was a independent filmmaker, you, you know, they'd kind of graduate to kind of a, mid-sized budget at the studio level yeah. and then they'd do that movie and then you know upon that success it'd go up and up but they would still st kind of stay within their voice yeah that was so interesting and unique in their little small indie 
Now we get snatched up to do, you know, sequels and superhero movies, and it doesn't seem like they ever return. I mean, I've been working in film this whole time as well as television, and I would much, I can't even envision doing a studio movie now. It's just, it's an assembly line. Right. Um, I mean, I wrote a couple of superhero movies. I wrote um, for Marvel, and they both got made, and it was a horrendous experience on both occasions. <laughs> the studio was awful. Right. Um, they had a, they, and the, everything was was done backwards. They'd make the one sheet, and they'd yeah. do the trailer, and right. then they'd the say, release date. Yeah. Okay, now, now uh, reverse engineer the movie from this. Right. It's like, that's no way to run a railroad. That's a way to make money. It's a way to make product. And yeah. Even, even when people describe it as that, this yeah. is content. Yeah. This is your content. Yeah. You know, and IP. I mean, it's literally properties in the, in the, in the name there. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's crazy. But, but then when I think about TV, it's like, for whatever reason, the rules were thrown away. Elsewhere in Changing and Bending the Rules on the podcast this year, we had Shamir as the inaugural guest on a new TalkHouse podcast series called Voice Memos. The series follows artists as they go about their lives and document it firsthand for us. Shamir's episode came at a very pivotal moment in his life when he was just about to release the fabulous new Revelations, which follows up from another record he did this year, Hope. The music that he released was informed by a really unfortunate manic episode, which led to a hospitalization. Exactly, and and during that hospitalization, Shamir was diagnosed as suffering from bipolar disorder. Yes, and so he goes into all of that and kind of the aftermath of coming out of the hospital and readjusting to his life, to his friends and family, and to his music in this clip. And Amy Rose, I have to say, just about the process of recording and editing this, this podcast, one of the things that's drawn me to Shamir's music right from the beginning was his honesty and the way that he is willing to just open his heart to his listeners. And that happened, if possible, even more on this podcast than on records. This was uh, a very emotional edit for the co-producer, Mark Yoshisumi and I. And uh, we were in a lot of communication with Shamir during this time. It's been amazing to see him get so much better. He's feeling great. He's, uh, he knows this is a condition he's going to live with, but Shamir has been very proactive in getting the help he needs and taking care of himself. He's doing fantastically. I mean, uh, again, there is ex more exciting music coming from another artist we're talking about here. Obviously, we have a lot of love for Shamir, and we're really grateful that in both his words and his art, he contributes so much to the world. So should we roll the tape? Let's do it. You know, I got to tell all of my close friends about the incident, and um, most of them have been very supportive and, you know, very, you know, open about things. And I'm very happy that, you know, I didn't lose all my friends from this, but it still kind of hurts, you know, this most of my friends kind of thinking that I'm a freaking, uh, psychopath I guess but I haven't put in a lot of that energy into the music um I wrote and recorded um five songs since I've been in Vegas and working on a release for the fall and um and just got 
rid of my old management and just kind of starting anew. I got a a butterfly tattoo, which um, represents, you know, new beginnings and and rebirth. And I think that's kind of what this whole ordeal has been for me. It's kind of, you know, shown me, um, you know, who my real friends are. And it's also, you know, shown me that I can, you know, kind of get through anything. I kind of feel pretty resilient at this point. Um, because this is one of those things where I've always been very careful and I've always, you know, tried to make all the right decisions and, you know, something like this that, you know, was completely inevitable. You kind of get to a point where you're like, oh, why me, you know? Um, But I think everyone at some point needs to experience some kind of struggle because it makes you a stronger person and I definitely feel like I'm becoming stronger um, throughout this whole ordeal and um, yeah I don't know it's been very healing been in the desert Amy Rose, you called it. We have nothing but absolute love for Shamir, uh, not only on the podcast, but uh, also on the site. Right. Shamir does the incredible Shamiroscopes. Shamiroscopes. So if you have love for Shamir as well, go have your fortune told by Shamir and his mother, who co-write a column every month at the Talk House. I love it. I love it. Now, Nick, you graced us with an unreleased clip of a film and television nature earlier on. I have been holding back my own clip for this. Let it go. (laughs) Let it go. Unleash it. (laughs) Somebody's going to start singing Frozen. But listen, I have my own unreleased clip here. This is from a conversation between the rapper Odyssey and the singer-songwriter Sincane. They both put out Rad Records in 2017. And this is a clip in which Sincane, who I will say has a rapidly growing audience, but who is not used to this type of thing happening, describes how he felt when he got the call from Usher. Check it out. My album. Yeah. There's a song on there called You Grew Up. Mm-hmm. I ordered these shoes, these are a pair of Nikes. I don't I think they're called Footscapes. I can't remember. I ordered these as a gift to myself. They arrived the day that I arrived. And I put them on for the first time today. And I'm looking at your shoes. And there's a song on my album called You Grew Up. And the lines... Um, there's a line that says, while I was trying to keep my Nikes clean, he was trying to scuff his chucks up. He was grunge, I was fresh, we were young, and we cussed along the rap trying to sneak up into punk clubs. And you're wearing a pair of Converse while I'm wearing a pair of Nikes right now. And it's <laughs> tripping me out. <laughs> yeah. Do you intentionally make your Converse dirty? No, no way. No, you don't like run them in the ground on purpose? Not on purpose. I'm definitely trying to keep my nights clean. Yeah, I mean, I just I've had these. I actually I have a funny story about these shoes. Please tell me about it. <laughs> I played South by Southwest. Uh, the only time Sin can ever played South by Southwest, uh, maybe three, four years ago. Yeah. And um, I didn't have these yet, and I had a pair. I had a pair of beat up, really beat up shoes. You know, I. I'm, you know, I'm not like the the sleekest walker, so I always scuff up my shit sure. all the time. So my shoes were just just ripped up, you know. And um 
I wake up in the morning and my booking agent was calling me and I answer the phone. He's like, yo, listen, man, um, Usher is performing the secret show and he wants to sing your song with you. And I like hang up the phone. I was like, who the fuck are you? Uh, Yeah, straight up. You never told me this story before. Like, no, no, this is not real. I'm just waking up. This is not real. So I hang up the phone. He calls me back and he's like, listen, I'm serious. There's going to be a black Escalade coming up to where you're staying at noon. They're going to take you to a rehearsal space. The Afghan Wigs and Usher are doing a secret performance at the Fader Fort and they want to sing your song, Run In With You. So... I'm like, this is surreal. I don't understand what's going on here. But noon, on the dot, Black Escalade pulls up, picks me up, takes me to some spot. And I walk in there, me and my manager. And Usher is singing, and the Afghan wigs are playing. And I'm like, is this fucking real? What the hell's going on? And he goes, <laughs> comes up to me, how's it going, man? I really like your music. Really love the song. We really want to perform the song with you. Let's run it. So we run it a couple of times. And I'm still I'm still not believing what's going on. But he like had the lyrics. He was singing them, you know, with me. He's asking me, is that all right? Am I, am I doing it all right? Usher. And I'm like, yeah. Usher. <laughs> is that all right? Yeah. I and found like, Bieber. Is that all right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and I'm like, yeah. Yeah, cool, man. So I walk out of that spot and I just start freaking out. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? I can't believe this is happening. So we go the next day to the Fader Fort early in the morning, do a little like run a sound check and stuff. And I look down at my shoes and I'm like, I can't perform on stage with Usher wearing this shit. I look like a piece of shit. Yo, Usher right was now. like the first person to have those shoes with the wheels in them. You can't yeah. do that. You can't play yourself <laughs> like that. <laughs> so, you know, Converse and Fader do a thing. And they had Chucks on site, and I got these Chucks. Those are the ones. So those are the Usher Chucks. These are the Usher Chucks. The Usher brand Chucks. There it is. Yep. There it is. And the beauty in America is, in us seeking individuality, we're both wearing shoes on by Nike. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, man. That's how it is. I mean, a great story. Listeners, definitely make sure you go back to check out that episode. The whole thing is pretty fantastic. Now, Nick... Shall we usher in the final clip? Let's do it. Let's Oof. usher it in. I chose a bunch of funny clips for this year. Full disclosure, I just had to. It, it just got to get my spirits up for 2018. It's a n- new yeah. year, new start. Hell yeah. New shoes. Uh, this <laughs> is uh, Lake Bell and Rob Corddry talking about the first time they ever worked together, what happens in Vegas. Those guys had a lot of fun on that movie. <laughs> and we should probably uh, listen to what they had to say. For sure. It was so funny. The only thing I remember about our conversation, because I, I remember us getting along from the start, and yeah. you were like, uh, you said, um, you said, well, I'm, I forget how this came up. You're like, well, I'm, I'm vegan. I'm not, I'm not vegan. I mean, I eat. Well, you were so embarrassed about saying you were vegan because I, I think was you were at a point. Vegan. No, but oh. I think because you were, you were, you were eating meat. Again, oh all of a sudden, God. something like that. Even and you're like, so, okay. you didn't know how, this was the first time you had to talk about it out loud. This was the story I made up in my head. <laughs> like, and you're like, okay, how do I frame this? What's the, sure. what's the spit? What's my personal? How do I feel about this? Where am I? Where am I with my Who veganism? Who am I? Right. That's, that's what that's I That's where I was. was really um, cool. Then when we were in Vegas, I proceeded to like down copious amounts of oh, meat. Oh yeah, right? we destroyed copious. it. Yeah, most people go and- um 
at Vegas and they gamble sure. and they get wasted. Ugh, hammered. Blake and I ate at like P.F. Chang's. Every damn <laughs> Every day. P.F. Chang's. <laughs> and, uh, and we sat we in one of our Chang hotel rooms on. waiting to get called into work. <laughs> Just shooting the shit. So much changing. I remember that. That was because it was like in our hotel. It was in our hotel. And yeah. It was like a it was million like, degrees out, and it was at night. We were shooting nights. It was in like Vegas. our Central Perk, basically. <laughs> That's I mean, right. it, it was like where, like, if yeah. there was like a sitcom around our yeah. existence in that space, <laughs> that's where a lot of the scenes would take yeah. place at the Bay of Chandler was there. Yeah, us. Chandler was always there. Not um, Matthew Perry, though. No, just Chandler. Just the real um, Chandler. Actually, just a guy. Uh, he's he's right like a bar back. Me, yeah. Isn't he? <laughs> like Bell, Rob Corddry. 2018 starts in good fashion, I think. Great stuff. Great stuff. We have so much to look forward to. Listeners, keep it locked because we have amazing conversations coming up in near future episodes with artists like Jalen and William Bazinski, Martin Rev and Juliana Barwick. And of course, Flock of Dimes and Y Oaks, Jen Wozner with Lower Den's Jenna Hunter. And so many more exciting pairings. Keenan Cush, thanks again for everything this year. Thanks for having me on, Elliot. Amy Rose Spiegel, thank you. Dude, of course, anytime. Talkhouse.com slash music if you are nasty. <laughs> <laughs> the one, the only, Nick Dawson. Thank you. Talkhouse.com slash film if you're nice. <laughs> Talkhouse's 2017 interns were Sophie Kemp. And Annie Fell, both of whom were fantastic music journalists and whom you should look for in the wider world. Shouts. And Nicholas Grote. A hell of an intern and a hell of a jazz drummer. Make sure you catch him. Definitely. Big shouts to our publisher, Ian Wheeler, and of course, all love and respect to our producer, Mark Yoshizumi, a.k.a. Mark the Producer, a.k.a. Lil Mark, a.k.a. Mark in the Park, a.k.a. <laughs> Mark After Dark, a.k.a. Mark's got some kind of a spark. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Listeners, if you enjoy the Talkhouse podcast, make sure to head over to iTunes or Stitcher, wherever fine podcasts are purveyed and subscribe. While you're there, rate and review. Every time you do, it helps someone else find the podcast. I'm Elia Einhorn and from all of us here at the Talk House, Happy 2018! So cheesy. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>